Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Daily Kofefi. It is Tuesday, May 19th. I'm Carter Laren, and I'm joined, as always, by the bad mamma jamma, Carrie Smith. Say hi, hi Carrie. Good morning, Carter. Good morning. Uh, hit the subscribe button. Carrie, if you haven't subscribed to Unsafe Space on YouTube, I will be very upset. I don't, I need to check my subscriptions. <laughs> really? I was kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> See what I have to work with people. <laughs> uh, how are you doing today? I'm good. Uh, yeah. When I, I jogged this morning, I already told you this. Kicked yeah. my ass. Yeah. But I'm well, feeling good. Kicking your ass is sometimes good for you. Uh, I forgot to ask you this before the show. Do you, you watch Game of Thrones, right? So we ended up talking about... Uh, some Game of Thrones stuff at the beginning of this episode, which was entirely my fault. And we decided since it contained spoilers, we would move it to the end of the, this episode. So we're moving that segment and we're going to pick up the conversation post Game of Thrones. If you want to hear the Game of Thrones stuff, just stay tuned and it will be at the end of the episode. Okay, so now that we talked about Game of Thrones and it's moved to the end, uh, now what do we talk about? <laughs> now we spoiled Game of Thrones for everyone who wants to stay and listen later. Uh, uh, well, I don't have any national news, but I have something kind of local and specific. Sure. To my background that is has national implications because it's happening everywhere, I think. Uh, I think um, you're right. Tell us about it. So I... <laughs> <laughs> I like tell us about it. <laughs> um, this the, is not contrived. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> yes, everyone. Carrie told me about it earlier. Here I, I have the website up. Even hold on. I gave him a spoiler. Um, here's your, so here's your, it's this dude, right? You talk. You can talk about this while it's up on the screen. Yeah, look for his bio on the site. There's a bio somewhere. Um, so I I went to a science and math school in South Carolina. It's called the South Carolina Governor's School for Science and Math. And it's a publicly funded school. It's very rigorous. You have to, it, it was more rigorous than Duke. Like it gets you, it really gets you ready for college. They have them in a lot of states with, um, who, that have low um, ratings when it comes to education. And so the idea is to take some of the brightest and put them in this residential school that's paid for so they don't have to, they don't have the burden of paying for it themselves as well. And you get to live there with some of the best teachers and it's a two year residential high school. That's why I got out of the house at 15 because I got into this program and I got to go live at the school for my, my junior and senior year. And um, it changed my life. I mean, it changed a, a lot. It's changed a lot of people's lives. Like people who, um, who I, I just don't, I don't know where a lot of us would have ended up if were it not for this school. If we had been so, stuck in the, the schools that we were in. Can I, can I play devil's advocate, which I did not talk about before the show? Sure. Uh, did it impact your decision to become a social justice warrior for 20 years? No, actually. That didn't okay. start until college. Just checking. Yeah. I mean, I started with the REM. So I started losing my religion at governor's school. <laughs> but yes, I did well. I didn't, uh, I didn't start taking all that. They didn't have any of that women's studies, critical race theory, none of that crap. It actually was very focused science and math school. Um, we had, 
we had some humanities, it, 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 but, but it was really focused on like science STEM. and math. Yes. Okay. And we had athletics, but that wasn't a huge focus. I was in the basketball hey, What's the phase. issue with this school now? So you. now that we, now that we know about your childhood. Um, okay. So the issue with this school is that there's been this petition going around and there's a little buzz about it. And I just, there's a message board for people my year. And so all, a lot of faculty who are there now and who have left recently, cause there's been a high turnover rate recently. Um, they are really upset with this new president who's been there, Hector Flores, who's been there since 2016. And so they have this petition circulating and it's like, there's all these problems. They're trying to get older alumni like myself to get involved and read it. And so a bunch of us were trying to figure out, well, we don't know enough information. We don't know if we should sign this or not. Um, but there are a couple different complaints. It's like he, he got rid of one of the courses. So students have a lighter course load now to make it easier for them. This is that whole like, you know, treating kids like infants thing. Right. Um, he's, the pro that's the problem with uh, modern education is that it's, it's too hard. Yeah, it's too hard. Let's make it easier. Um, he uh, has started this outreach program where they have, I think it's, it's called Accelerated or something, but they, they basically have these class coursework that they're giving to schools um, all across the, the state. And he wants to count those people as alumni of the school, which is kind of ridiculous because it's just like you're taking like an extra credit class at your regular high school. And it's not, it's not the same thing. And, but I think for him, then he gets to say, I've included, it's very inclusive, this program. So, but what made me ultimately decide to sign it, I read the petition. There's been a couple of news articles about it in the local news there. There's an article about how the faculty went to the board to complain about him. And then the IT department, he, he directed the IT department to delete the, the meeting minutes because the, the minutes of that meeting were critical of him. So went in and <laughs> took this out of their email. <laughs> yeah, that's like, what you do when you're afraid of the truth. That's how you know someone is a scumbag. Yeah, censored. They just want to censor the truth, yeah. But what was funny is it, he's, it says... Uh, they got an email from their IT guy or something, all the teachers. It's like, uh, uh, to prevent further harm to those mentioned in the minutes, meaning the president, this message is being administratively removed from all Outlook mailboxes. Uh, That's Shannon, why you don't use Outlook, by the way. Use your own, use your use your own. own mail client. <laughs> they can't pull that crap on you. Yeah. Uh, Shannon wrote, before instructing faculty to delete any copies or printouts. <laughs> 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 that's that's uh yeah get right on that yeah <laughs> in an in an unrelated email where's the copier yeah Dear, <laughs> where's the xerox machine it guy shannon um yeah. where's the copier um, on um so that he did that he tried to censor it uh there's a lot of faculty complaints i think he fired one of the faculty members who helped to organize some of the pushback but anyway here's what ultimately pushed me over is i went to his bio because everybody's like i don't know if we know enough info i read his bio and i read this yep. linked strategy plan on his bio and it told me what he prioritizes <laughs> envisioning the future here's your here's your strategic plan south carolina governor school science and math strategic plan so okay. if you scroll on down, you'll see it broken out by section. Student-centered academic excellence, student-centered global engagement. What does that mean? Student-centered integrated development, broadened accessibility and diversity, 
strengthened partnerships and recognition, enhanced advancement and stewardship. Yeah, so if you scroll down to number two and on the right, there's key initiatives. Yeah, student-centered global engagement. Mm -hmm. So they're adding some courses here, course, courses addressing international and multicultural issues. Okay, but this is still science and math. And usually when I see stuff like that, that tells me you're gonna be putting SJW stuff into <laughs> science and math courses. <laughs> like math yeah. is oppressive and systemically racist. <laughs> You know, right. logic and reason are great, but also here's a rain dance. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then yeah. the part three is really what, no, what? part four is part four. Broadened accessibility and diversity, though that sounds bad just from the title. Oh, yeah. Uh, GSSM will expand both the reach and depth of its outreach programs, blah, blah, blah. So can you summarize for all of us? Because I mean, so the, I got to be honest, things on here that, cares about your school. I know. This, okay. Well, this, well, this is a broader also, trend you're wanting to point out. The point broader out. trend here is this. There, uh, let me go back to his bio for a second because this will tell you something about it. So if you, if you get down to like paragraph three or four, Dr. Flores has a strong interest in and commitment to the education of minority students and looks forward to applying many years of experience in diversity recruiting to attract a diverse population of students from across the state to the residential accelerate and outreach programs. He's also strongly committed to creating a truly multicultural campus and institution. Okay, why is diversity, why is that a focus of a school that's supposed to be about academic achievement. This is, again, it's what's happening on the national level. You see it at Harvard, you see it in the New York City um, specialized schools, and here it is at my science and math school. And if you go back to his key initiatives here in section number four, uh, diversity focus. GSSM will strive for enrollments that reflect the demographics of the communities to which it offers programs. You're talking about race. I'm, yeah, I just want to be clear when they when he says diversity and he wants a diverse student body or whatever. He means he means skin color. Mm -hmm. That's what he means. Um, because racists are going to see race. That's all racists see. Racists see race. That's all they. That's all they care about. Race, 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 race. It's all about race. Uh, diversity of opinions, diversity of ideas, uh, high academic standards, all secondary. Uh, race is the most important thing to them. Yeah, well, it backfires because, and I think you and I have talked about this in a previous video, maybe it was one about the New York City schools, but um, there's like this double-edged sword where people are like, I don't, want, I don't want anyone to think I got this just because I'm a woman or just because I'm a person of color. And it's like, well, then why are we pushing programs that allow, that, that give points for that? Because then you do make people it's not fair that someone who gets something has to prove for the rest of their life that they got it on merit when you've got this program that makes everyone doubt that. And we didn't have this when I was there. Like it wasn't, it, nobody was like looking at each other. Like, I wonder how that person got in. It was like, Oh, you worked your butt off. Everyone here did like, right. So humans are constantly doing like a uh, risk calculations when, whether they're looking for a doctor or whether they're looking for someone to hire. Right. And they're looking for shortcuts to figure out like, you know, who should, who should I hire for, for whatever position, right? And some of those shortcuts are things like 
what school did they go to? That's, that's a shortcut people use as a proxy for intelligence or work ethic or whatever it is, right? Um, so those are some shortcuts you use. Now, in, in a merit-based world, in a meritocracy, race is never a shortcut because race is not correlated. It doesn't matter, right? You're just, you don't care about the race of the person. You want the best person for the job or as your doctor or whatever it is, right? But when you start implementing these kind of programs, you actually introduce a valid statistical correlation between race and performance, which may not have existed before, right? So you're going to go from, just, just take an example. Or you're sex go, and performance. Huh? Or, or sex, sex and, and performance, right. Yeah, I'm saying race could be gender. Um, so just, you know, take an example. You want to, you're looking for a doctor, right? You know that let's say the doctor is super old, so they must have gone to med school a long time ago, right? Um, well, you know there was, let's say there was bias against women and minorities a really long time ago. I'm talking about a super old doctor, right? Well, you see a black woman who's a doctor, you can rightfully, you, can, you don't know that this is true, but statistically, you can make a shortcut assumption that like, oh, she's probably extra smart right? and extra, extra good because if she's old, was, if she's really old, because it was really hard back then to fight your way through um, and, and get into school and graduate and have a career like that was, she must be something extra right now. It's, she shouldn't have to be anything extra, right? It should be equal. Um, but you look back at that time and you think, okay, well, she, she's probably better. I want her as my doctor, right? Fast forward. Um, past the time when it's equal, now we're in the time where uh, now you look at maybe a 30-year-old black woman who went to med school, and you have to think to yourself, how'd she get into med school? Now, she may very well have gotten in on her merits, and that's, that should be the right answer. And you shouldn't ma it shouldn't matter. You shouldn't choose based on race or gender. But if you get set up in a world where the standards are lower for different races and genders, regular people are going to use that knowledge because everyone knows this is happening. They're going to use it as a shortcut and they're going to look at the 30 year old black woman and they're going to say, mm, I'm going to go <laughs> with the white guy because the white guy definitely, or the Asian guy, because the Asian guy definitely had the highest standards. They really didn't want more Asian kids. Oh yeah, the Asian guy. So they I'm really going didn't for want the Asian guy, right? And so now you're going to have a bias towards people with the highest standards, the people that for whom it is most difficult to get in those schools. Those are going to be the most desirable hires moving forward because that's how people will react. And that, like most stupid collectivist government programs gives you exactly the opposite of what you claim you want, which is more blacks and other minorities getting jobs and achieving. Instead, you are going to be setting up an environment where even the most brilliant minority who's graduated from this school, people won't know that it's because this person was brilliant. They will second guess it, right or wrong, they will second guess it and they will second guess it because you've set it up that statistically they're correct to second guess it. 
whether that individually, you know, whether an individual case is true or not, we don't know. But statistically, you've set up an environment where statistically people of one color have lower standards or one gender or one whatever it is. And, you know, yeah, people, people are dumb, but they're not that dumb. They use shortcuts and they know these things are out there and they will behave in a statistically appropriate fashion. And that's not the way we want people behaving. So it's, Carter, it's a, it does a disservice to all those kids, all those minority kids he's supposedly wanting to help. Oh, totally. So are you saying all of your doctors are old black women or young Asian men? Uh, <laughs> one's a young Asian woman, but yes. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, it makes sense. Right? Yeah, when you lay it, it out that totally. way, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, look, also one of the most idiotic doctors I've ever had was a young white guy. Um, I, I swear he was mentally retarded. Um, but, you know, so it's statistics. You got to judge people as individuals and that's the right way to judge. But as a shortcut, it's a completely rational shortcut. For shortcuts, um, yeah. And that's dangerous. That should not be a completely rational shortcut. And it's only a completely rational shortcut because these racists on the left are so obsessed with race that they're setting up this system where regular people now know, don't know what to trust from the system. It's not a meritocracy anymore. And they have to start paying attention to skin color and gender in a way that, frankly, no one wants to pay attention to. And it, and it is totally condescending. I don't want something because I'm a woman. Like, I don't, of course it's condescending. And yeah. I don't want people to think I got it because I'm a woman and that pisses me off. You know, like, uh, But you might have, if, you, if there's a program yeah. like that, you might have. Yeah, yeah. So, well, speaking of shortcuts, I think it's a reasonable, rational shortcut to see if you see something like this in a, in a strategy plan or in someone's bio, striving for enrollments that reflect the demographics. Like that's, that tells me all I need to know about your ideology and that you're not operating on, you don't care about meritocracy. You just care about skin you're color. You're just a racist. You're a racist and a sexist. That's it. Yep. But you're do you're being you're pushing racism and sexism under the guise of trying to cure the world of those things. So you're good. You're like you're like in Game of Thrones. You're like uh, Danny. You can't. Okay. You no spoilers. We moved to spoilers. <laughs> so we'll cut it. Okay, that's right. <laughs> I never I never watched Game of Thrones, so uh, yeah. I don't care, but other people will care. I have I have an update on the milkshake throwing uh, extravaganza in in Europe. Okay, what is it? Here, I'll put this on the screen. So we talked yesterday about Sargon and Nigel, and actually Sargon, by the way, was hit three times with a uh, milkshake from I don't know if it was all from Burger King, but Burger King was all in on the milkshake hitting. Anyway, um, someone says to someone someone sends a a Twitter a tweet to. Uh, Trollton Brewing Company, which is uh, this company in, I don't know where they are, Manchester. So they're in the UK. Although they wrote Manchester, Europe. So, <laughs> you know, that's that's how they are. Maybe that's Twitter's thing. I don't know. Anyway, um, so someone wrote, you guys should start making milkshakes. They make beer, obviously. And now what do you think the brewing company said in response? The responsible thing. They said, note to our customers please don't throw our beer over fascists. Hit them over the head with a brick, as is traditional. Wow. Yes, excellent. 
Excellent. So wow. See, this is what we were talking about yesterday. It's very easy to ask the 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 media. I saw an article in the Independent. They're they're basically making light of it. It's just a milkshake. They totally deserve it. It's not just a milkshake. It's physical violence. And how easy is it to move from that to to saying let's throw bricks at these people? Yeah. And by the way, so these same people who said throw bricks, the same company, uh, they tweet out later. We just received what seems to be a threat, and they they put the IP address up so everyone can see, and that it's from uh, bunch of the head offices of Abercrombie in London, right? So they're trying to help dox this supposed threat after they just told people to throw bricks. And here's the email that they think is a threat. Comment. You people are asking for trouble. That's it. That's the comment. They are asking for trouble. <laughs> that's a prediction. That's not a threat. That's not right. like I'm going to bring you trouble. <laughs> what? Yeah. So this is the insanity of the world right now. You've got Burger King offering to, you know, hey, we sell shakes, throw them at people. You got this brewing company. Uh, you got this brewing company. I don't know if they sell beer or equipment or whatever, but you got this brewing company out there saying throw bricks at people and then getting their panties in a twist when someone sends them an email saying, you people are asking for trouble. It's so stupid. Wow. Yeah. So the, I just found something while you're talking about this. Um, the owner of this brewing company, Mike Marcus, have you seen his Twitter? No, I have not. Oh my gosh. Okay, go to my Twitter feed. I just retweeted something. So when his company says throw the bricks and hit them over the head with a brick as is traditional, someone writes and says, sorry, but this actually sickens me. No amount of politics, poor decisions makes it acceptable to assault anyone, whether it's milkshakes over Farage or not. Whether yours is a joke or not, I think people have become masked by these idiots believing that sort of behavior is actually acceptable. So this is a kind of a normie writing back to Charlton saying, hey, uh, you know, cut, cut it out. His answer, the founder of this brewing company, it is acceptable. So by, by it, he means this sort of behavior of hitting people in the head with bricks. It is acceptable. The only possible endpoint of the political path espoused by the far right is genocide. It happened before and it may happen again. Selective considered violent action is acceptable if it prevents another 12 million murderers. Hashtag Antifa. So, okay, again, this is Antifa someone has a brewing company. This is someone who believes that if you go to his, the next image in that is his bio on Twitter says, uh, gentlemen of, yeah, you want, well, here, if I read it, then it will show up on the screen because of voice detection. Gentlemen of considerable fortune, 10 or 12,000 a year. <laughs> SJW, who wouldn't want justice. What? Anti-fascist, any means necessary. Masters in fine art, of course. <laughs> Owner of right. Trolton Brew. So what this is, the, is- Who wouldn't want justice? Oh, he's asking that as a question. Who wouldn't want justice? Who wouldn't want justice? This is a person who hasn't thought through anything. I, so I, I don't know if you want to cut this together with the Game of Thrones stuff we're going to talk about at the end or not. or if No, I, leave I'll it. leave the Game of Thrones to the end of spoilers. Just don't do another spoiler right now. Can you? No, but this goes back to that. So you might want to cut this sentence and okay. put it in there or something. Okay. I don't know, but- 
That's what he's like. I know what's right. I know what's good. These people are bad, even though they haven't physically assaulted anyone or called for physical violence they're at all. They're not even calling for like, they're calling for freedom of speech. Sargon is not called for anything remotely related to violence against anyone ever, as far as I'm concerned. And he's not far right. They lie about these people. But so he's basically like, I deserve to burn everything down. I deserve to hit people in the head with bricks. I deserve to be a flaming hypocrite and to endorse and and push and engage in physical violence myself while I claim to be against it. Right. And we've talked about this before, but this makes my blood boil, but I'm a peaceful person. But it's going to make the blood boil of other people who are not peaceful. And this is how wars start. Right, yeah. you escalate. He is part of the escalation of a of a culture war that could turn into a physical war. Yeah, and he's helped pushing it that direction. Right, and I don't think beer skills are going to save him. But <sighs> I don't know, How Carrie. Gross. That was depressing. That was depressing. That is depressing. I'm angry. Let's talk about Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> I could talk about one more. I want to talk about one more thing. I know it's a long show, but I've been wanting to talk about this because it's from last week. Uh, You've not read Atlas Shrugged, have you? I have not. You've recommended it to me. Yeah, but you've got a long reading list. I'll put it on our reading list for the thing that we haven't announced yet. Um, But so California, I'm putting this, this is from last week. This is a Bloomberg article. California may go dark this summer and most aren't ready. Now, what they're talking about here, just to summarize, is, I don't know, for people outside of California, you may not know the fire, the wildfires uh, last year were caused by, they think it caused by some down power lines, damaged by wind. Also, PG&E, the main energy supplier in California, is bankrupt. California, as its state, is is basically should be bankrupt and, and may someday be be bankrupt soon, uh, regardless of the fact that we have so much money uh, per capita. But this, I just want to remind it is 2019. And California is what the fifth or sixth largest economy in the world. And it is run so poorly, that they are saying that they're going to schedule blackouts for days, could be days, days long blackouts, possibly up to a week long blackouts this summer because they need to shut off parts of the power grid because they're worried about high winds and blah, blah, blah. Now, look, I get, I'm an engineer. I get there's a lot of problems. This is complex technology. It's uh, not, everything's not super easy. But the idea that high winds are a brand new phenomenon in 2019 that have never been dealt with is ridiculous. And this is what the very beginning of Venezuela looks like, right? You start to have slow deterioration of trusted services that you kind of don't even, like this is a basic service power, right? And they're starting, you know, in this article, they're worried about how it's going to affect hospitals. And they're talking about people going out and buying solar and getting generators and that kind of stuff. So in, in a, in a world run by communists, which is basically California's entire political structure. I'll say socialists to be generous, but 
Uh, that's only because I, I think if they said communist outright, uh, that might be a little bit too much for people uh, to vote for. <laughs> but they're socialists. They're implementing socialism. They have been implementing socialism for decades. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is where we are. We're in California is, it has Silicon Valley and Hollywood, two extremely profitable and, uh, I mean, obviously Silicon Valley, highly technical and advanced area of the world. Not the most anymore. It's overrated now. Um, but still, a lot of innovation, a lot of smart people, a lot of wealth. Hollywood, a lot of wealth. I don't know about innovation or smart people, but there's a lot of wealth. And, and what have they got? They've got a state that is not going to be able to maintain power for, for people. That's, that's pretty, it's, it's 2019 and California is going to have to have blackouts. Yeah. That's something that we should, it should give you chills. Um, And it's not, I know it's a minor inconvenience. Like it may not seem like a big deal, but it's a sign of times to come. And Carrie just sent me this picture. Is this these the, things are. You want me yeah. to show? These things are incremental. So, like when you were saying you were talking about uh, Venezuela, this is a picture I just saw recently of a street in Venezuela. That's money in the gutter there. Man, there you go. Well, it's let's be clear. That's fiat currency in the gutter. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so. That's not depressing at all. So I'm glad we ended on a non-depressing note. <laughs> Here, uh, anyone who's, let me do a public service announcement. Anyone in California who's interested in leaving this crumbling state, <laughs> uh, you're welcome in Texas as long as you don't bring your politics with you. They'll just leave those policies at home. <laughs> yeah, Californians are they're already ruining Colorado from what I hear. They're uh, ruining Texas too. Yeah. Yeah. It's so crazy. <laughs> Things fall, fell apart there, but I have no idea why. Let's move somewhere else and do the exact same thing that caused the problem. Uh, it's like, a, that it's like a smoker getting lung transplants. I don't even know if lung transplants are a thing, but like, it's like a smoker getting lung transplants and being like, oh, great. I don't know why they failed. And then lighten up again. <laughs> like, what are you, retarded? What are you, how do you not know how it failed? Yeah. Uh, There's, there is a disconnect there though. I, I don't know what it is exactly because I, I mean, I've mentioned this before, but I've talked to people here who've moved from California who've said to me, like after a whole conversation where they talk about why they had to leave California because it became unlivable and all the various reasons why, right. Um, about, you know, how expensive it became, how there's poop and needles in the street in, in place. In there's just, yeah. yeah. In San Francisco about just, just, how unlivable it was in the very next breath say uh we need more california and texas if you know what i mean no i don't know no i don't know what you mean more shit on the streets and dirty needles (laughs) right we need power out we need like power outages is that what we need but there's a weird disconnect how do you not how do you what is that in the head that happens the psychology of like not being able to you mean cognitive dissonance yeah i guess the word you're looking for i mean yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, um, these positions are held emotionally. And so 
the conclusions will never be seen because they're emotionally uh, they're emotionally held positions, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's just like you know, I, I won't I won't use Christianity. We'll use a different example. It's like someone who's uh, a Scientologist who or whatever, like pick a pick a weird religion where they're worshiping whatever. Like, there's no talking them out of it. Everything is about everything is about the the religion. It's all faith. There's no argument. You can't argue your way out of a Muslim. You can't you can't find a Muslim and argue their your way out of of Islam. You can't argue them out. It doesn't happen. Um, in my experience, it's also hard. It, it's just as hard to argue a uh, socialist or you know statist out of states. You can't you can't argue them out of that position, no matter what you say. Um, so, but what happened with me then? It was just a complete. It was emotional for you. Right, you switched religions. You switched your belief system on a very fundamental, emotional way. So, um, I don't, I don't think you're. I don't, this isn't me picking on you. I, I don't think it was argument that worked. Argument doesn't work generally with people unless it's coupled with. You've got to have some like emotional thing to deal with. You got to switch emotionally. You got to you got to be open up emotionally. And if you're not open emotionally to the argument, it doesn't matter. The argument can be staring you in the face the whole time. And what happened with you, we won't talk about your personal life, but you had a emotional shift, a pretty like severe emotional shift in your life that opened you up to questioning things, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But without that, you wouldn't have questioned any of this. You'd still be a social justice warrior, right? That's a terrifying thought. (laughs) That, yeah. Well, I mean, that's why I think it's really important to teach children to have the emotional, have the maturity and emotional intelligence to to be able to know when when you're holding something as an emotional position and be able to accept that you're wrong, that you might be wrong about fundamental things. Um, And it's not it's not easy, right? I've changed my, I went I went the other direction from you. Right. I abandoned Christianity, but that was a huge, it had been my entire life and it was very important to me. And it was, and I was devout. I was, you know, I got up at five in the morning every day and read the Bible. I don't know many Christians that do that. I I was, it was very important to me. Um, And becoming an atheist was a massive emotional shift. It was scary. It made me question everything. And that, skill set is something I tried to hang on to. And I have changed my position on some pretty fundamental things since then. Um, not as fundamental, but I, it's important to be able to just, you know, what I say is I'm wed to the process, not the conclusion. I'm wed to reason and, and evidence and logic. That's, that's my, that's the hill I'm dying on. Mm-hmm. The conclusion, I'll be led there by if I'm led there by reason and logic and evidence, then whatever conclusion happens, I'll accept, right? But I'm not wed to the conclusion. But these people are wed to, you know, they're wed to the, the I think they're wed to the, the sense of moral superiority and, quote, good that it gives them, right? They, if you don't have, we've talked about this before, if you don't have a moral code that you know you're adhering to and it's integrated and you understand it and blah, 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 you kind of look for this around. And, you know, these people are from California. Everyone around them said it's good to be woke. And so they just, they just associate woke with virtuous, yeah. right? And so 
to them, they're walking to Texas saying, Texas needs a little more virtue. You know what I'm saying? That's what they, that's what they feel. Oh, that's totally what that was. It's like, we're good, morally evolved people, not like Texans, right? I'm glad that we are here. Right. <sighs> it's all virtue. It's all virtue. Yeah. And it's, and it's designed to make them feel better about themselves. Yeah. Right. Without thinking. It's hard to think. It's hard to question. It's, it's hard to change your fundamental beliefs. I know more than, well, as much as anyone, it's really hard to change your fundamental beliefs. It's scary and it's traumatic and uh, you lose, you can lose your, all of your family, all of your friends. You can lose everything doing that. Yeah. It's, it's. I will say this though, much. which one, it is scary, but anybody who's in the middle, of, if you happen to be in the middle of a shift, it is so much better once you do that. I mean, in my experience, because oh, yeah. I, had a, I had a friend ask me recently, she was like, what's your happiness scale? Like your at peace scale now compared to when you were your most like uh, successful career wise, like when you were producing a television show, like, and I'm like, like even factoring in struggles you go through or, you know, bouts of emotion you might have, whatever. Right. Factoring like, in variability. Yeah. Right. Factoring in variability. I'd say the highest I ever got to then was like a six. And now it's like a nine. <laughs> like that's yeah. kind of, that's a big yeah. difference. Uh, it was yeah. three little points. Um, and it just, like, I think back on, that's why I said it's a nightmare when I was SJW. You're not fully yourself because you're beholden to this um, ideology and you know all the stuff you self-censor you your your sense of morals I think if your morals are based on social justice ideology like they're based on emptiness and you are are you're searching for virtue in a place that is ultimately hollow um, and you feel like a fraud if you don't even, like deep down probably you know even if you don't recognize it it took me a while to realize oh wow I'm deeply unhappy <laughs> with this belief system, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, this is what I used to, t I used to coach, uh, I guess I still do sometimes. I used to coach uh, founders, uh, startup founders a lot. And I used to do this exercise with them, which I always felt was weird, weird and hippie and corny and me, not me. I'm like the opposite of a hippie in many ways, although I'm sure uh, some people on the right think I'm a hippie. Um, <laughs> but it, it was always weird for me because I would do this exercise where like I would have them like, close their eyes and take a deep breath and do this very hippie thing. And, but the thing that I would have them chant is I am not my idea because what happens with, with a lot of founders is they, their identity becomes the idea for their startup. And whenever the startup is criticized or the idea is criticized, they take it personally and they can't hear feedback and it destroys their ability to actually build the company at all. And, but that ha that's what happens in the startup world, but that's what happens in life with people's conclusions. You are not your conclusions. Absolutely. You are not those. So if those conclusions are challenged and you are wed to those conclusions, you will fight tooth and nail irrationally and you know, ferociously against anything that questions those conclusions. But if you go through a period where you let go of that and you realize like I am not my conclusions. And for me, that's, that was the process of like, I'm, I'm married to reason and evidence and logic, but not where they, not where they go. I'm not married to the conclusions. I'm very adamant in my conclusions because I've thought about them a lot, but I'm open, to, like 
if if a conclusion was proven wrong, I wouldn't have to question my identity. Yes. Like, oh yeah, I guess I was wrong about that because my identity is someone who can be wrong. Yeah. Like that Absolutely. does happen. I wrote a piece. Maybe we could link it. This is uh, I think all my pieces are on unsafespace.com now, but it was called talking to SJWs. Yeah. Um, but in it, it was basically saying what you're saying. I didn't use the word conclusions, but the words opinion, which is that SJWs, and I'm sure a lot of people, but especially SJWs, they confuse their opinions for their identity. And so when you disagree with their opinions to them, it feels like a personal attack, which is why they so often respond with an actual personal attack. Cause they feel like you've personally attacked them, even though you're, you're like, Hey, I don't agree with your you, what you have to say about the minimum wage and like, how dare you? You've, you've insulted my very right to existence. <laughs> right? right? It's triggering, like, like it's part of their identity. And so then because it's integrated with their identity, it's probably triggering some childhood trauma and they're just like, they're screaming at their dad. Yeah. When you, or whatever it is. When you say that, it's like, whoa, right. whoa, whoa, relax. Yeah. Right. Uh, I just think people should, you know, voluntarily exchange their labor for an agreed upon price between those two people. And they're like, you're a Nazi. Right, yeah. <laughs> ah! yeah. uh, anyway, this is fun. I know we're going long. This we is a long, out. meandering, weird show, but I enjoy it. I'll try and edit some some parts out, but uh, yeah. I think mostly it's just going to be a long, weird, meandering show today. So that's fine. Yeah. That's hey, fine. I have a suggestion. Yeah. If you, if everyone uh, subscribe, but if you've already subscribed, a really great way to help us if you like the podcast is to share it in any uh, groups that you might be on if you if you use still use Facebook or oh, uh, yeah. your own minds like if you have any groups that are relevant it helps if you um, if especially if it's relevant to a conversation that someone's having it helps like totally feel free to take our videos and put them out there we'd love it yeah and it also helps if you like if you're commenting on like other YouTube channels that are that are big that are, and if we say something relevant and you want to share something or talk about us all that stuff helps um, yeah thanks Carrie Thank you, All Carter. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for joining us for Daily Confetti. We'll see you tomorrow. And now for your Game of Thrones spoilers. Uh, I forgot to ask you this before the show. Do you, you watch Game of Thrones, right? I do. I finally watched the last episode last night. I don't know why everyone's so upset. I thought it was pretty good. So I don't watch it, but what I can surmise, and I just wanna, I wanted to verify, are people pissed off that women can be bad? I think people are pissed off for various reasons. Uh, SJWs, some of them I think are pissed off because women are bad. Um, also, there because that's never happened ever in history. Right. No woman has ever, ever been bad. Okay, right. Um, there are also people on the on the far right, I would say, or who are pissed off because, <laughs> well, I don't know if Owen Benjamin is not. I don't know what Owen Benjamin is anymore, but I saw he was pissed off because he was like, the it's it's an anti alpha male story, and. At the end, the, uh, the people who triumph are um, a little person and a guy in a wheelchair. And <laughs> it's like, oh, the little upset. midget wins in the end? Is that a spoiler? Well, 
Um, oh gosh, I guess we should put spoilers on here for people. Um, well, he 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 is one of the guys who triumphs. So let's put it that way. Um, but uh, but here's what here was what was interesting to me. It kind of was critical of social justice ideology at one point. How so? Well, because you've got this woman, this white woman, who spends the entire series um, liberating people of color from slave traders, et cetera. But over the course of the series, you can see she also says she's willing to reign by, you know, blood and fire. And she starts to, you, you see that come out where she decides to execute, like the, 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 the people that she's willing to kill kind of expands over time you know and it always does with, it always does <laughs> it always does and so by the end she's taking this city and the city basically when they ring the bell they've given up and she should stop her fight so they ring the bell but instead of instead of pulling back she they gets tap on, out and she doesn't she tap they, they tap out she gets on her dragon and burns the whole city to death including babies children like just uh -huh. kills everyone. She basically says before that, like I've chosen fear instead of love. Like these people will never adore me like the other populations have. So I've chosen fear. And, but when she kills them all, she's like at afterwards, she's all triumphant. Like, and she's doing a speech that was very Hitler-esque or it was like, uh, you know, we have liberated the people talking about liberating as she's standing on the ashes of the city and she's getting her army all riled up to go and liberate other cities. And, she at one point um the the, the guy who uh, is like the he's one of the wise people he's 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 her hand so he's her advisor at one point he's talking about to another character about how she um believes herself to know what is good and she envisions this utopia that's perfect and when you oh. believe yourself to know what is good and true you are willing to do almost anything and that's exactly what is wrong with social justice ideology. And at one point, one of the main characters asks her, what about all the other people? How do you know what's good? And she's like, because I do, basically. He's like, but what about the other, all the other people who, who think they know what's good? And she's like, they don't get to choose. <laughs> <laughs> Only she gets to choose. Right. So I thought a lot of it was very critical of what we call social justice ideology, the ideology that we criticize a lot that I, that I used to be a part of because they are so certain they know what's good that they're cool with um, justifying punching people, throwing milkshakes at people, you know, um, they'll justify anything because they're convinced that they're on the right side of history. We see, we hear that crap all the time. And yeah. what could possibly go wrong when you are infallible and, right. you know, I'm on, on the, the right side. Well, yeah. yeah, it's that, it's that attitude of like, uh, history is written by the winner, right? So, right. Uh, that was the first discussion we had about Game of Thrones, which contained spoilers. And now here's the one sentence that was in the discussion about Trollton Brewery and Mike Marcus, the founder, that also contained a spoiler. This is a, this is, okay, it is, he says, it is acceptable. The only possible endpoint of the po the political path espoused by the far right is genocide. This guy is, this guy at Chor Chortle, what's it? Chorlton Brewing Chorlton Company? Brewing. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, he's I Danny from Game of Thrones. Well, that was your, your Game of Thrones spoiler. I hope you liked it.
Maybe we should edit that and put it at the end with a little warning. <laughs> no, let's edit a warning at the beginning. We'll just be like flashing on the screen. I'm kidding. <laughs> well, I don't want people to have to skip. That's true. Okay. Yeah, we'll put it at the end.